Hey y'all, it's Jason here with Goodness Steak Seasoning. You can order your bottle or bottles at bringthetasty.com. Goodness Steak Seasoning is good on anything. It's even good on chicken, good on pork, heck, it's even good on fish. Now, here's Fish at Six. Fish at Six, let's make it a crisp 20, shall we? Because I know you, I mean me, have to go deal with your fantasy draft tonight. That's right, I'm doing this for you, I mean me. I'm Mike Fisher, your trusty and trusted reporter. This is the Fishbowl. That is the star. We did spend the day today at the star and collect uh, collected nuggets for you. Ten top takes just for you. 66,000 fish heads in Cowboy Nation strong. Thank you for hitting the like button. And thank you for subscribing to what we do here and telling your friends, too. It's absolutely free. Max, I would love to see a bunch of happy dressing rooms this season, like in that thumbnail. Well, that takes us to item one tonight. Big Mike and our conversation with him this morning at the Star. And, of course, this is fourth year. And he went through um, in some detail, well, that year was this and that, like the COVID year. I've told you this. A uh, friend of the show, Troy Aikman, says all coaches should, should get a mulligan for that year. It was just so weird and so challenging. And of course that was McCarthy's first go around here. And you know, they didn't, they didn't know the personnel. They barely knew his owner. Uh, and so that was a throwaway year, unfortunately. And some, and there's this year, Mike McCarthy, this is the best mindset that his team has had since he's been here. The highest competitive spirit since I've been here. And he gave his team a breakfast speech this morning, which we'll get to momentarily. But that's the kind of thing that a coach could say every year, and I don't think he has. I think that one has, as we say in Latin, gravitas, the highest competitive spirit. And you put that in tandem with Stephen Jones saying, this is the Deepest team we've had since the 90s. Toughest cuts we've had since the 90s. Maybe you're on to something, although I must tease. Tomorrow morning at 7.20, two beauties. The Chris Jones trade, which I am going to touch on tonight. And ESPN apparently shoves a bunch of uh, data into a computer, and then the computer spits out results. I don't think the results are looking very good for Dallas, which means... I think somebody might have put feces into ESPN's computer, but we'll get to that over the course of time. Item two, injury update. Donovan Wilson got a good look at him today, mostly on the cords during the media session uh, with our man, Rip Brown. Really wants to play. And if, if we're trying to assemble ways to handle the Giants, their best player by far to me is Saquon Barkley. And has been for years. How do you handle Saquon Barkley? Well, one great way to do it is Donovan Wilson in the box. Um, we uh, No media access on Tuesday, but we will keep you posted on the Donovan Wilson progress. It's, hey, listen, you know, it's all about the quarterback. It's all about Dak. And it's all about this star and that star. This week is about Donovan Wilson, too. Uh, a really uh, functionally important guy in the Dan Quinn defense, especially to me in weeks like this one. 
Item three, Tyler Smith. First round offensive lineman who is fulfilling all their hopes and dreams. Had a little hitch in his giddy up during practice today. Now, the Cowboys are saying it's just a mild hamstring. Nothing. It's just a, a hamstring aggravation. Nothing to get all worked up about. Okay. Probably true. Just a little naggy thing. No big deal. Uh, this is a finely conditioned athlete. Was he 23 years old? How bad can it be? Except item four. Remember that Sam Williams turf toe that, ah, come on, it's no big. The last time Sam Williams practiced, if I'm calculating right, was last Wednesday. Ah, it's nothing. I don't know. I mean, it's just a turf toad. And I told you that, you know, again, around here, if you're a Cowboy fan of a certain vintage, turf toe is about Deion Sanders, who 30 years later is talking to doctors about having to amputate his foot. So uh, I'm not questioning the Cowboys medical people. I'm questioning how the Cowboys are deciding, are, are opting to announce these issues as being non-issues. Right thing, to, there's no use telling the Giants anything more than they need to know. The injury report comes out, there'll be an official injury report Wednesday. Those names will be on it or not on it. But, oh, it's just a turf toe. That's mild, just precaution. It's been a week. We'll keep you posted. Item. I thought uh, I thought Mike McCarthy, Mark, Mike McCarthy's answer to the question about not just faith in the kicker, Brandon Aubrey. Yeah, yeah, we have faith. Not just that. Um, it was Todd Archer of ESPN asked the question: How does it? How does having a rookie kicker, especially? I'll add this part: a rookie kicker in his first game. Not a rookie kicker two months from now. Different deal, maybe. Uh, by week eight, he may have won a couple games for you in the clutch. But this Sunday night at New York, and I'll be there, of course. How will the fact that you've got a rookie soccer player kicker that you don't really know You've known him for a month. How's that going to impact your, or will it impact your play calling? And here's McCarthy's answer. The opinion of the kicker is obviously, and he looked at Todd, said, hate to break the hard news to you. I don't think we see this as the same issue. I have confidence in him. And that confidence always grows. Now, uh, it doesn't always grow. Doesn't always grow when he misses four extra points. It won't always grow then. And I know McCarthy didn't mean to be dismissive in some rude way. It's a good question. And there's no way as a play caller and a head coach 
It's not in there somewhere. It's in there somewhere. The one thing that they are convinced of, and McCarthy said, that's why we let him try the two 59 yarders. Uh, one which was long enough, but a little wide. The other one he made in the final preseason. Game for it. We, we wanted to flex that muscle. We, we wanted to reaffirm. He's got that. He can, he can kick 59-yard field goals. I will say this. McCarthy, that is the right thing to say in public about your kicker. Ah, no problem. Of course he's going to do great. Cowboys Huskers, Uncle Fish Premium. Hey, how do I get to be Uncle Fish Premium? Circle in the star, ask the fellas, I'll show you how. Daniel Jones loves to run against the Cowboys. Need to keep an eye on him too. Um, and you know what? That's a great point. And since Brian Dayball went there and he's doing some Josh Allen-esque stuff, that's an absolute threat. Daniel Jones as a, as a runner, improvised or otherwise, absolutely true. And we'll get to part of that in item eight. So hang tight. Max, it's always something with old Sam Gregory. Item six. Jerry Jones has over the last few years talked about how, uh, Mr. Mike, uh, we're turnover. Uh, we're turning over that roster about 30% a year. And every team. Rosters change about 30%. Now, I haven't checked it this year, but I bet you it's, that sounds right, right? Combine that with McCarthy's point to his team. This was his breakfast talk, Monday morning breakfast talk to his team. Free breakfast inside the star, by the way, if you're an employee. Mm-mm-mm. And lunch and dinner. And dog walking and MRIs and movies and anything else you want there inside the star, right over there. He said, reputations, I'm paraphrasing, reputations are meaningless. We don't know them. They don't know us. They don't know our playbook, especially with the Texas Coast offense now in. Texas Coast offense, merchandise, by the way, in the Uncle Fish store, See the link below. We don't know all the things the Giants are going to do. They don't know what we're going to do. We've got our Dan Quinn chess pieces on defense. And you know there'll be some trickery there. And we've got Texas Coast offense. And they've never seen it before. They've never seen what we do at all. So forget reputations. Forget theirs. Forget yours. Zero, zero, start over. And it's always fun. I used to have this conversation with Garrett all the time because he was always like, zero, zero, nothing else matters. Yeah, but unless, unless you need last year as a building block, like if you were really good at the end of last year, you don't use that. So McCarthy's going with reputations right now are meaningless because we're starting fresh. Good enough for me. Item seven. Chris Jones, the great defensive tackle, liked a Cowboy trade tweet. And it's impossible to know what's inside. You know, sometimes I just wonder if he just got fat fingers. Uh, is Is he trying to send a subliminal message to the world saying, trade me to the Cowboys? 
He's a $30 million defensive tackle. Who, by the way, the defensive tackle who goes and gets 15 sacks. I, I mean, he's astoundingly good. We'll get more into this tomorrow morning. Uh, I, I'm careful to never say never. But haven't the Cowboys already spent and built at the defensive tackle position? In a way where they can say, you know, I, I, think, I, think, I think we're good. Not to mention, obviously, the salary cap structure. Richard Caldwell, will there ever be a time when the national media doesn't take common NFL business and try to read a billion things to it? The latest, Dak should be bothered because no new contract. Uh, in fact, Richard, you could do the Dak thing all day long. Dak should be bothered because there's no new contract yet. Why'd they do Terrence Steele ahead of Dak? You're right. And then there's the Trey Lance was brought on to create leverage. It's so stupid. My sense, because I hang out with you guys, is I don't think most Cowboy fans that I'm in contact with fall for that. Then I look at Facebook and I see hundreds of thousands of people falling for it. And I feel sometimes like I should take that big broom and clean up all the horse crap at the end of the parade. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to not make that my job as much as I traditionally have. I, I can't, there's millions of them out there. I can't fix them all. All I can do is invite them here so we can all get smarter together. Item eight. Donovan Wilson, yes. Leighton Vandress, of course. When we're trying to figure out, Mr. J, Fish, we need another linebacker. Uh, Uncle Fish Premium comment from Mr. J. I mean, I'm not all fired up about Devin Harper being part of the group that stopped Saquon Barkley. I must admit that. Saquon versus Micah, and as you may know, Penn State guys, and they're, they're close buddies. In fact, uh, I think it, I think, who said, somebody said Micah Parsons is the Saquon Barkley of linebackers. He's, he's like a running back linebacker. And now he's a running back defensive end, all the other things. This is what's, to me, this might be the game within a game that fascinates me most about Sunday night. Mike is a pass rusher, one of the best in the business. He's going to play there 70% of the time, blah, blah, blah. Unless you want to have him play linebacker 70% of the time. And, you know, whether, whether he's going to, it doesn't have to be a spy on Saquon Barkley, but be responsible for Saquon Barkley. Be responsible for Saquon Barkley. And one of the reasons I think this is a viable idea, and I'll try to ask this question and see if I can get a whispery answer. I have other, I think I have other people who can get to the quarterback. 
I got a lot of them. Don't know about Sam, but I got a lot of them. I don't have a lot of, so I, again, I'm not saying that uh, uh, Dante Fowler is Micah Parsons, but he's an accomplished pass rusher. They don't have accomplished linebackers who can shadow Saquon Barkley. I wonder if Micah Parsons, for all the talk about he's, he's going to go to New York, he's like Lawrence Taylor, uh, he's, he's, he's going to go get 15 sacks. I wonder if he should play linebacker this week. Nate Olin, Dax cap hit next year is going to crush this team unless, unless, unless they do exactly what they're planning to do, which is extend it something that we've talked about ad infinitum. There's no change there. Item nine. Can't get away from this. Carl, Al Alder, you're wrong. Sorry, you're wrong. Come sit in a room with Dak Prescott and Mike Fisher and we'll tell you you're wrong. Bernie, Bernie Kosar, famous, of course, for his participation with the Browns, but also won a Super Bowl here, if you'll recall, as Aikman's backup. Remember that, uh, again, you have to be of a certain vintage. They were in a pinch. What are we going to do? we got to go find a quarterback. We need a backup for Troy. Dean Graham with a $20 pitch in. Fish, thanks again. Do you still think not joint practicing or playing starters during preseason is the best move? I really do. I really do. The Kelsey brothers have talked about how it's not good. Every, every, there's 32 different ways to skin this cat. Ask the Kelsey brothers if they would have thought it was good to play starters in preseason if Patrick Mahomes would have broken his neck in a preseason game for no good reason at all. Ask the Kelsey brothers what they would think then. You already know. It would never do it again. If Patrick Mahomes broke his leg, in a preseason game, Andy Reid would never play a star quarterback in a preseason game again. Why wait until after it happens? Because it will happen, and it does happen. Bernie Kosar has CTE. He's 59. The Cowboys, uh, and Jamin's right, the Cowboys, I mean, he was important. Played in that 49ers Playoff game. Mike Hall, Uncle Fish Premium. Do we uh, do we really know how any team is going to... That's right. That's right. And so we do revisionist history on what happened in the preseason and whether or not they play. Same as we do when we get to the Super Bowl and one team parties and the other team stays all buttoned up, whichever team won, we say, oh, they, they did it right. If the Chiefs win the Super Bowl this year, Playing those guys in the preseason will have been right. If the Cowboys go to the Super Bowl this year, that'll have been right. Patrick Holmes gets hurt, all wrong. And there's no escaping it. Kosar, and we wrote about this at CowboysSI.com today. I urge you to go read it. It's an important read. Talking with Terry Pluto in Cleveland, the writer, estimating that he may have had a hundred concussions, 40 surgeries, 
addicted to painkillers for a while, depressed and even suicidal for a while. He's very thin now. His weight at one point, he was up, he weighed 320 pounds. He's just out of control in every possible way. Went into a coma for four days, one time. All he says, CTE related. He's trying to bring attention to the cause, not just his, but the NFL, the old timers, basically, cause. I think we all know Bernie Kosar played at a time when half the stadiums in the NFL were basically cement with a green rug over them. And I bring it up the way Jeff mentions and a bunch of you have mentioned. A bunch of you are getting it. Getting right where I'm going. We're going to watch these games every Thursday, Sunday, Sunday night, Monday, and we're going to be wildly entertained by the roller coaster, Cowboys and much, much more. Fantasy, gambling, Cowboys, all of it. And I'm going to try to just remember when we're saying, he sucks, why are we paying him? cut his ass, all the stuff that we all do as fans. I am going to try to just have a little spot in my head to remember, even though they make incredible salaries. Bernie that year made a million dollars, which was at the time was incredible. That they, they, are, they are making this wild physical sacrifice for our entertainment. Now, it is worth noting the guy who does it now is uh, much more informed on the risks he's taken. You sign up to play college football, high school football, college football, pro football now. You have an awareness that they did not have in 1980. Nevertheless, those guys that gave it up and these guys that give it up. It's, it's worth just, just a little, just a little room in your head to think about that while we're hooting and booing and cheering and hollering and on all the rest. And finally, on a happier note, meeting the media today is Terrence Steele, uh, $87 million richer. And you know, he was asked about his reaction. He said, well, you know, yeah, I'm $87 million. The first phone call I made was to my parents. That's nice. That's lovely. The second phone call I made <laughs> was to my financial advisor. And that's probably even nicer. <laughs> Fish out.